Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada and beyond. It is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar evening of solutions for a new Alberta brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. My apologies for not being able to start at 7 p.m. as we usually do when we do our weekly Wednesday webinars. So thanks for your patience and being able to join us now. APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. APP is membership-driven with a goal of a million-plus members to help steer the political process. We've been asked... Uh, We've been asked if you have to, if you have to be, oh, see, I'm writing, reading my own notes here. We've been asked if you have to be an Albertan to join APP, and no, in fact, we encourage everyone to to uh, to join. If if you even if you're from the U.S. or something like that, and you think that uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project is something that you're interested in, please join. APP memberships are one year for twenty dollars, two years. For $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation to albertaprosperityproject.com. We also have APP merchandise, just like this fancy APP shirt there. And that is at albertaprosperitystore.com. And you can get mugs and hats and assorted uh, stuff like that. Um, and uh, you can also register. What we're hoping to do is have people register for a petition to establish Alberta's independence. And you can go for, go to that at bit.ly slash abvotesyes or abvoteyes. Uh, and I just found out, actually, we're doing a text um, promotion here too. So you can vote Alberta yes. Uh, you can text uh, yes to that number on your screen. It is 1-825-8095-447. Of course, I'm terrible at remembering names or numbers like that. So I just uh, figured out you could text it to TA58095HIP. If that helps the way your brain works, that's the way my brain works. So TA58095HIP is another way you can do that. And the other thing before we jump into this webinar, as we all know, due to the new Canadian censorship laws and uh, we're unable to show news links in online content. And I do question, are we really news? Are we really news? Uh, we're not really sure. But we do ask that if you do, please share, share, share this and uh, get it out. Whether or not you share it while we're live or you share it after the fact is all totally fine with me. So tonight's webinar is entitled... Taking Back Our Freedom with one of the founders of Taking Back Our Freedoms, Roy Bayer. And we will also be joined by Mr. Christopher Scott, who's the interim CEO of the Alberta Prosperity Project and the owner of the Whistle Stop Cafe in near Alberta. And of course, this is a live webinar. So we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your questions so it'll be flagged and we can quickly view the questions. And with that, I will bring Roy and Chris on now. Hello, gentlemen. Good, Good evening. evening. How is everybody doing out there? I'm doing great. Uh, I have this. Uh, I need to use my uh, my phone <laughs> instead of my laptop, <laughs> so it might shake a little bit. But I'll try to. That's hold okay. Still. Good. You know what? Yeah. You've got a giant app in the middle of your face, so I'm going to turn that off. There you go. Now we can see you. It's too bad we can't put it in front of Chris's face, but that's a uh, different. That would be better. Any, anything to block out my face would increase viewership. 
<laughs> see, I see Chris got a haircut just like me. So we're that. I did. Yours looks fantastic, Terry. You're hiding it, it very, very well. It always does. So we brought on uh, Roy, who uh, was one of the uh, the co-founders of Taking Back Alberta. And, and maybe at this point, we should uh, at least give uh, Roy a, a, a minute or two to kind of explain who he is and and maybe even get into what, how he started take back, uh, taking back our freedom. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. There's, there's similar yeah. names and they are. Yeah. And that was, yeah. Objectives, you know? yeah. Uh, we we uh, founded take back our freedoms uh, just uh, almost two years ago. And uh, George bears and I, uh, we were talking about that this evening and it, it yeah. feels like five years ago. Uh, yeah. so the, the, the last two years have been so intense in terms of activity pressure uh successes and and challenges and everything else i can't believe it's only been two years but uh, we founded it um for the purpose of activating people to do something about the lockdowns mm -hmm. um, i was a very good friend of jason kenny's i watched him go in a way i could not possibly have predicted um i was very disappointed and i was trying to mind my own business i was just running a little business paying the bills and of course, what did end up happening is um, we uh, decided we had no other choice but to step into the process and um, and start Take Back Our Freedoms. And mm -hmm. Taking Back Our Freedoms is a national organization teaching people how to uh, do something about uh, the, the mandates. In other words, what rather than then just protest, although protesting is very important, what is the next step? And it's a certain important step of activism, talking to your elected officials. And if they listen to you, support the elected official in the next elections. And, and of course, in most instances, they don't listen to us. So then it, the hard work is to replace those elected officials. So we a lot of interference. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Now okay, we can. Perfect. Yeah, okay. okay, so it was all about activating people. Okay, if Jason Kenny isn't going to listen to us, what is, what is next? And that was to replace him. And I remember we uh, gathered at a, at a near old, that's the first time I met Chris Scott as well. And there's a group of about maybe 40 freedom groups, 200 people illegally gathered, or at least uh, against the mandates gathered to say, what are we going to do? And yeah. what was really gratifying about that is we were not competing with each other. We all realized we had a different piece of the puzzle. APP has a piece, Take Back Alberta has a piece, TBOF has a piece. Yeah. And we're gonna to partner together to take back our, our democracy and our freedoms. And uh, that was uh, about almost two years ago that we got started in a, in a, in a big way, 18 months. Yeah. And, and and how did you guys actually like? What did you end up doing? Did you do rallies? Did you try and uh, uh, have events or like what? What was your your concept in in trying to get the message out to people? Well, I, when when George Bears asked me to do this with him, <laughs> he's the push, right? I said I don't know if I want to do this, but I yeah. finally realized I had to do something. I said what I want to do is do something that no one else is doing. I said, I want to be complimentary to the other groups. Yeah. And for us, because George Bears and I are both very strong in terms of political activism, our background has always been 
put pressure on the politicians, know where the pain points are, give them the pain that they need to uh, smarten up, right? So mm -hmm. we just wanted that specific niche. Working with the other groups, there were protest groups, information groups, yeah. uh, APP. APP was our favorite because we were able to gather in large numbers uh, in rural Alberta and not have to wear a mask and really have a lot of fun. But yeah. we realized there's a lot of like-minded people, slightly different nuance in terms of our approach, but complementary. And that I'm a team player. I like the orchestra and not the single solo kind of approach. Yeah. But, uh, and, and so that's was easy for me to, to find what we can do that no one else is doing. Just as an example, I mean, we were at the Ottawa. Of course, Scott was there. Chris was there as well, I should say. I was there you too. You have two first names, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do that all the time. Yeah. But Chris was there as well yeah. in Ottawa. But um, we, you know, the, the trackers did their thing with the convoy. What we did is uh, emergency calls to action, for example. We, we mobilized through TPOF and all the other groups that we were working with more uh, phone calls and emails to to try to push the politicians to reverse the decision on the Emergency Measures Act. And yeah. we were not successful with the House of Commons, but we were successful with the Senate. It took place a few days after everything was shut down in Ottawa, but the Senate voted against the continuation of the Emergency Measures Act. That's yeah. the kind of stuff we love to do, and it's complementary to everyone else. So you guys were instrumental in that. Yeah, yeah. I, we wrote the emergency call to action. Yeah. Uh, I had a team of people in Ottawa that understand exactly, you know, how to put maximum pressure on the politicians. Yeah. We first put pressure on the members of parliament, but we knew NDP plus liberals, they're probably going to vote to approve the Emergency Measures Act. But mm -hmm. we had enough information that there was a lot of discontent in the Senate even with liberal senators who who disagreed with what Trudeau was doing, so yeah. we put the pressure over there. Um, and even though we thought that's our only chance of a victory, I have to be honest, I I couldn't believe it when we won that one. It's like I said, that was gratifying, right? So it wasn't just us. We simply we we led the way on the on that particular uh, item. Yeah. Many other groups relayed our call to action with all of their networks of people. And together, we got the job done. Yeah. And I know I was in Ottawa. I was working the stage. And Chris was actually working all the uh, the press releases and, uh, and, and the pressers, as we would call it. And I know Chris was at a few uh, of those that I, I wasn't sure whether or not you were speaking at. Uh, I, did you I, don't, I never other? did. I only was on the stage two or three times, and I never really bothered the person that wanted to say something. I was yeah. competing against Dr. Alexander and yes. Max yeah. Bernier and these yeah. type of people. I'm thinking, who wants to hear from me? Yeah. I'm more a strategist behind the scenes. I don't need to be in front. But, um, yeah, so I, I did an awful lot of press conferences. I mean, we had a 150,000 people on a Facebook page. And yeah. um, in some of our interviews with Dr. Alexander, we had over a million people watching. Yeah. So... It yeah. was it was a very very powerful event, but event, but it was collaboration, right? So yeah. big time collaboration. I just again, I want some kudos to Chris because, uh, you know, we had a project where we needed twenty five thousand dollars funding uh, to fly um, uh, to the Texas, the Victoria, 
how he did that, but we did manage to find something to fly between the Texas. We needed to find. And um, can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm not sure where that. It must be coming from Chris. I just. Chris, you got to stop doing that. Yeah, there was something going on because I I muted your mic and it went away right away. So uh, I'm going to keep Chris off for a minute. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm so, going to bring so him. Chris, I'm going to bring him. <laughs> when, when I told Chris we needed twenty five thousand dollars to fly Packford, yeah. he said, "Oh, I think I have somebody that can do that." So that's right. So yeah, it, I remember that. It's, yeah. you know, it was like I I thought I can't believe I'm hearing such a non competitive approach. Yeah, because most people keep all of their donors to themselves right this was i mean we were honorable we just tapped into his willingness to give another yeah. organization was able to issue a charitable receipt it was yeah. three organizations that collaborated to get the job done and peckford was on the stage to do the big speeches there so it it was very gratifying but again collaboration is very key if we're yeah. going to win in the freedom movement we yeah. have to become really good at doing that yeah. And you know, it, it's what has happened lately. Of course, during that time, we were all, we were all on the same path about the, the mandates and we wanted them lifted. And now they've got us divided in so many different little pods and packets that we really don't know who's on which side and, and how all that works. And I think that was one of the reasons why Chris for sure wanted to bring you on and, and just talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to unmute Chris now and see if the microphone. And uh, no, yours is definitely fuzzing. I'm not sure what's going on there, Chris. Do you want to try a different microphone? I'm not sure. Do you want to talk now? Can I talk? You're really quiet. Technology. I love it. I know. It was working. It was. I still can't hear you. Can you hear me you, now? Yeah, we can hear you now. You're really soft there. And that, that's unlike you. You're usually pretty loud. How about now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Are you doing anything different? I haven't done anything different, but uh, I can actually hear my voice a little bit later on. You should kick me out and I'll come back in and see if that fixes it. Let's do that. Bye bye to Chris. uh, Oh, there's two of you. There's two of you on here. Oh, wait a minute. No. Uh, Okay. Should I? There you go. Now he's gone. Now... (laughs) I, I hate I hate technology when this when something like this happens, um, yeah. And and you know we were we were kind of talking about uh, TBOF. Um, yeah, maybe just mention as well, Carrie. I was going to say yeah. that uh, we we actually technically started about the December before uh, the truck convoy, so we were just so barely is- getting going. Yeah. We did we, we did weekly webinars. Um, okay. So Zoom calls uh, and. We very quickly, you know, had a lot of people listening in, and, um, and 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 as rumors of the truck convoy happened, of course, we were encouraging people to support that, and and that our numbers just went through the roof while we were in Ottawa. Not surprising, I think everyone had that happen. Yeah. But uh, you know, afterwards, yeah, there was there there was I think with a lot of organizations, first of all, exhaustion because anybody that was there for three, four, five weeks in Ottawa came back exhausted. 
uh, there was a sense of disappointment because of the uh, the what what Trudeau got away with in terms of yeah. trampling upon literally trampling on human beings with their yeah. horses yeah. and uh, and getting away with that. Uh, but again, uh, the the impact of that freedom convoy, uh, I have to just say again, it was one of the most important historical events in the history of this country. I it agree. did have a spillover effect here in Alberta mm -hmm. because the next thing was the really practical thing of. Uh, for example, getting rid of Jason Kenney. And by the way, uh, just as we're waiting for um, Chris to get back on, should mention this as well. It's a very interesting point that I want to make. Uh, during the days before the Freedom Convoy arrived in Ottawa, uh, our Ottawa contacts, again, these are people who are, who are professional politician uh, advisors. They're not politicians, but they're advisors. They help people win campaigns, that kind of thing. They, they told us that the polling was in favor of the truck convoy. Went from 40% yeah. to 60% in a matter of days. Yeah. And, and, and as a result of public opinion shifting, and I know people are going to be very cynical about this, but this is how politics works. Mm -hmm. Politicians of the conservative flavor, um, the Conservative Party of Canada, of course, um, decided they were going to get rid of Aaron O'Toole. They decided yeah. to get rid of Aaron O'Toole because Aaron was disrespecting the Freedom Convoy, being very negative in the comments. And yeah. every day while I was there, at the very first day, they said, there's 25 that are going to vote against O'Toole. Then there's 35. And then there's yeah. 40. And then there was 55. And then he was gone. So I the political that. impact yeah. was massive in yeah. a matter of days because we shifted poli uh, political opinion. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, uh, public opinion, I should say, which yeah. shifted public opinion, which the politicians tend to follow. Real yeah. leaders set the pace. They, they, they don't follow public opinion, but most politicians do. And it was because of that we had a leadership race in the Conservative Party. And it was, again, very impactful. No matter, you might not believe in the Conservative Party, but I'll say that we have a much better leader than what we had. And and um, Pierre Polyvay campaigned on freedom and yeah. campaigned against the World Economic Forum. He was very verbal, very vocal. And yeah. he, Pierre Polyvay, sold more memberships to the Conservative Party than there were ever total members in any political party in the history of Canada. Yeah. His membership alone exceeded any political party ever in the history of Canada. So again, yeah. people need to understand good things happened. But we, we're just getting started. We're, we're, you know, there's so much work to do to clean up the mess that we allowed to unfold in our country over the last 20, 30, 40 years, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. going to take some time to turn to turn the tide. But yeah. good things are happening here in Alberta. It's too bad we couldn't do the same thing with uh, Trudeau at the time and kick him out. And But then again, where, where would we be with the next leader in that? At least, uh, at least with uh, Pierre, we've got maybe a bit of a chance. Uh, and with that, I'm going to bring Chris on and let's see if his mic works. I've been waiting forever. I saw that, <laughs> but I wasn't going to bring you in halfway through comments. That's wow. rude. <laughs> we have we had a lot of things to say about you before bringing you in. So uh, there you go. Well, uh, so I mean, yeah, we're just got me really thinking about, about the impact of the Freedom Convoy and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And, and I, I wasn't listening to anything anyone was saying. I was just uh, replaying it in my mind, thinking about some of the stuff that I haven't thought about for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, 
a lifetime experience for sure, but uh, also yeah. a starting point for turning things around in Canada. It's, uh, we can't live in that past. We have to use that as a, a learning experience. And also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's a lot of work to do. And I think Alberta is very, very key, uh, uh, you know, for, I mean, I guess I have two ways of thinking about Alberta. Uh, there's a part of me that believes that maybe we have to go our separate way. Uh, but if there's hope for Canada, it's going to happen because of Alberta. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of the dichotomy I have. Alberta is the, the one place where there's a tide that has really turned for freedom. And it could inspire other parts of Canada. That's very possible. But I do know that I'm going to fight for this province for a strong and free Alberta for sure. Yeah. You know what the, what the convoy showed was that if we are motivated enough and we have a common goal that's important enough, we can certainly work together to get things done. And, uh, you know, I, I was listening, actually, when you started talking about, uh, that, that airfare that we needed for Mr. Peckford, um, I got thinking about people like, uh, like Armin who were at home watching these things. I mean, he was an, he was an old man by that time, um, battling cancer, you know, not, didn't have the strength he had as a young man. And, and he was a immigrant from Switzerland and he just, he couldn't believe what was happening in this country. And he wanted to do something, do anything to help push uh, ahead and, and get past all that crap. Right. Yeah. So I, I got thinking about that and how many other people like him, there were watching this going on people who maybe didn't think that they had any chance or hope of contributing or participating. Oh, there goes the mic. There's the mic again. It's all garbage. Did you do it? You might have to do like Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Well, that's the webcam mic. Let's see how that works. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, what I was saying was... Uh, that convoy gave all those people who had no idea what to do an outlet for their, you know, for their desire to be part of something. Absolutely. And they did. They lined the streets. They lined the highways. They stood on overpasses. They threw sandwiches through the windows at Kerry. Yeah. And it was fantastic, especially when it hit hit him in the head. Yes, exactly. You know? So the, the, whole, the whole reason I wanted to invite you to this webinar tonight, Roy, was to talk about how people can work together uh, towards a common goal. And I think right now, our common goal as, uh, as a species should be ensuring that we flourish and prosper. Mm -hmm. I would say those are probably the two most important things that a society should do, flourish and prosper. And if we're going to do that, um, we have to work together to, first of all, get some truth out there and break down this idea that we're all insignificant specks of dust and you know we're the world is better off without us and uh we have to get back to a place where people are appreciated and human life is sacred and and those types of things right and and there's a lot of common there's a common denominator there that spans all of these different groups no matter what we're trying to do like there might be a group like take take back alberta for instance um heavily political wants to change the political landscape escape by getting people involved and using their voices for politics. Take Back Our Freedoms wants to um, 
put pressure on politicians by organizing and coordinating massive groups of people so we can do those sorts of things. Alberta Prosperity Project, we want to uh, show people that there is a path to prosperity and freedom in this province that we already have. Mm -hmm. And if we just get together and walk that path, we don't have to go down that uh, the path to destruction that the federal government wants to take us down. Mm -hmm. So like you said earlier, everybody has their part. And the unfortunate thing in the last couple of years is that all these groups or some of these groups have ended up in a bubble and it's almost like, Oh, you're part of this group, but you can't be part of that. And I think we can, uh, I think we can get rid of that and and work together towards a common goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Actually, I'm part of a freedom group in South Calgary. And if you were to ask those folks, you know, are you a member of APP? They'd all put up their hands and say, yeah, yeah, I'm a member of APP. Uh, TBA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with TBA. TBOF. Yeah. I'm with TBOF. Uh, they don't. They really. Uh, they. They don't want us to become one organization. What they want us to do is to work in coordination with each other. And where there's collaboration on a project, it's it's good, right? It's like the U.S. military. They've got the Marines. They've got the Army. They've got the Navy. They've got the Air Force. It's. It's. It'd be a mistake to merge everything into one big entity. Uh, mm-hmm. Each one specializes. So. So I but really, there is this synergy between all of them. Right? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I, of course, there has to be a certain amount of, uh, you know, I mean, there's a, a hundred organizations who can maybe narrow it down to 20, but, uh, but let that, let it just unfold naturally. And in the meantime, we work together as much as possible. And it's really easy to work with Dr. Modry and, and Chris Scott. I know that because we do all the time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you have, some real brilliance and strategy coming from TBA. So again, that's something that uh, is easy to do because of, of the strategy that comes from TBA. Um, so we just need to look for the good in each other and and um, and do do what each one of us is uniquely uh, capable or called to do. Right. So that's that's Absolutely. kind of how I, how I look at it. Yeah. I'm going to take a minute here just to talk about a comment I just saw pop up on the screen. So somebody commented that uh, we need to talk about the four Alberta men that are still in jail uh, from Coots, and that's a priority now in Alberta. So here's my comment to this. Number one, uh, what's happening to these four men is absolutely atrocious. It's disgusting. Uh, I cannot believe that stuff like that still happens in Canada. But here's a real bombshell for you folks. This happens all the time. Those are not the only four men this happens to. There is so many horrendous things that happen in this country and in this province, similar to this, where people are at the mercy of a tyrannical government that is seemingly, you know, can't can't hear its own people. Um, they are a priority in that they need to have advocacy and have them out. As for a solution, uh, the solution that I advocate for with the Alberta Prosperity Project encompasses that Uh, and the reason i want to talk about this is because i've actually had some comments from people claiming that i'm a bad person or i'm a you know on the other side because i don't talk about these guys all the time that's not the case at all i want to remind everybody that there's there's four men in jail right now in alberta they're in jail because they attended the coots demonstration and uh, the the crown will not grant them bail their lives have been effectively destroyed without ever being found guilty of anything. They're still innocent. They haven't even had a trial. But you know what else is happening in this province? There are veterans 
freezing to death and dying on the streets in the winters in Alberta. There are children uh, that are abused beyond your imagination who are wards of the province or wards of the state, mm -hmm. and it happens all the time. There are children who are starving in this province and in this country. There are horrible, horrible things happening all around us. And at some point, you have to recognize that if we're going to fix any of these things, we have to focus on a solution. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lady by the name of uh, Margaret Granny Mackay. Yeah. You can find her on Facebook. She's a She is the leading point in advocacy for the Four Coots guys. And I would encourage you, if you want to uh, you know, do something to help them, that you visit her Facebook page and help out. For yeah. me, I'll remind people that that's happening. And I'm going to continue working towards a solution where we can, you know, we can make sure that doesn't happen again in this province. Yeah. That, yeah I, I think the important thing is that Chris is not downplaying any of that by saying that this happens all the time. This in talking with granny and she's actually talked with the, the four coots guys in the remand center and everybody in there has a story of being treated uh, ill. Uh, well, terribly, uh, you know, not being able to wear proper shirts or, or get proper clothes or uh, shoes, uh, unable to get uh, a clean toothbrush. I mean, there's there's a lot of ridiculousness that it, it, they're not being treated like humans. And that's just one part. Never mind whether or not they can actually go to, to court. And I, if you, if you want to find out what's a lot more about that, because, I mean, obviously this, that's just one topic that we want to talk about, just search out Jason Levine on uh, Facebook, and uh, he's also an MP, and he ran, or was running as an MP, pardon me, uh, in, uh, I believe it's Yellowhead, and uh, you can search those terms too. And he's been doing a show every morning, and they, he's been getting guests on talking about, um, obviously, the, the Coots Boys case, but also talking about anything that's relevant to mandates and uh, just the tyranny that's happening across Canada. So if you're interested in that, uh, I'd advise you to go and look up uh, Jason Levine. Yeah, and I just want to add as well, uh, I mean, I was talking to uh, Marco Van Hugenboss, who was another person yes. charged, he's not in jail, but I yeah. spoke to him last week, and he gave me a bit of an update, and it's just, the story is more and more disgusting of, with, with regards to these four, that even the evidence that they supposedly have is being held back, um, I mean, this is over 500 days in jail, yeah. and you need to understand as a Canadian, it's 100% normal, even in a situation where there's a gun charge, a gun-related charge, uh, that you'll be out on bail within a week, sometimes within 24 hours. It's 100% normal. I've talked to policemen. I know what I'm talking about. It's like, like it's routine. It's 100% abnormal that a, people that have never been in trouble with the law, who supposedly did something involving guns, and I say supposedly because we, we, they're holding back the evidence forever, um, that they're being held in prison. These are political prisoners. And, yeah. with, with, and, and, and one of the breakdowns we have that we need to fix here in Alberta is the linkage between the policing, RCMP, coming out of Ottawa, and the direct, the direct orders Ottawa gives RCMP, telling them what to do in any part of the country where we have RCMP. You know, I mean, the RCMP front lines are great people, important people, wonderful people, not talking yeah. about that. I'm talking yeah. about 
the corruption at the very top, very high level corruption. So one of the things we have to do, we have to go through the process of replacing the RCMP in Alberta with our own uh, police force. So that's a practical solution. That's in the right. meantime, you know, there's maybe other things we have to do to to put more pressure on in, in you know in Lethbridge <laughs> that they need to do something. Either get on with the trial, show us the evidence, or get them, let them out on bail. But what's happening right now is inexcusable. So yeah. uh, maybe there has to be more pressure put on that. So I, Marco and I were strategizing a bit on that. Yeah, and Marco was on Jason Levine's show the other day, and uh, you know they they. They were even talking about uh, the stuff that has actually been shown up uh, by the policing, and in, in terms of the guy, again, that it's it's a great it's a, it's a soap opera that I wish wasn't even real because uh, it's so engaging. But yet here we are, and uh, and and you said about the policing, and I, I think that's something that I, I just read that um, uh, Premier Smith has actually said that she is put putting that idea of having our own Alberta province police force. She's put that idea on hold. And I don't know whether or not that's been political pressure or maybe she's decided to put a little more work into maybe some of the uh, uh, the energy sector or anything like that. Chris, do you want to make a comment on that or do you know? So, anything? yeah, I did. I did hear about that. And yeah. what I what I heard was she didn't mandate any of the ministers to focus on an Alberta police force okay. right now. Now that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Uh, maybe yeah. it will, maybe it won't, yeah. but this ties right back into what APP's vision is. Right. And actually, Carrie, can you put up uh, Sheila uh, Femister's question? Oh, 47. So Sheila says, "Have you got anything in the work in the works for speaking up against the natural health products legislation that Trudeau is trying to push through in the budget?" Yes, I do. It's called an independent sovereign Alberta. Now, let me explain. There's a lot of problems we have similar to what Sheila's talking about. Now, if you don't know, the federal government is talking about regulating natural health products. They already do this in Europe. They do this in other parts of the world. As a matter of fact, uh, as a Canadian, if you go abroad. Um, and you go to a pharmacy, say in Germany, and ask them for something like vitamin D, you will not be able to get the same things you do here because they're so heavily regulated. Um, what we take here on a normal day, they would consider a, almost a toxic dose. So yeah. this does uh, this is occurring in other parts of the world, and it is coming to Canada. Now, all of these things, sorry, most of these things, if not all, including uh, the reason why the Coots 4 are in jail, including... Uh, the way we're taxed, including how our resources and our energy sector is vilified, is all coming from the federal government. Mm -hmm. It's all due to federal government infringing on our sovereign jurisdiction as a province. Alberta, believe it or not, we are already sovereign in most of these areas that we have a problem in right now. When we joined Confederation in 1905, the agreement was we are allowed to chart our own course forward. We develop and extract our natural resources. We take care of education. We take care of policing. We take care of, uh, we could even take care of taxes. Mm -hmm. And the federal government is supposed to unify the provinces working towards a common goal, which is ensuring freedom reigns. That's what confederation was supposed to be. That's not where we're at right now. So Sheila, when you ask me if I have anything in the works for this, I do. 
I do have something in the works for this, as I do for everything else uh, that the federal government is throwing at us. And that is an Alberta that is free and prosperous, whether we are uh, have our sovereignty respected by the federal government within Confederation, or we stand in this as an independent nation and mm. claim the sovereignty that we already have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Roy and I, we've had this conversation a few times and and uh, we don't agree on everything. But I think, Roy, we always agreed that if we had our sovereignty that we're supposed to have, most, if not all of these things would be non-issues. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, speaking of RCMP, I was reading the history of RCMP in Alberta. We originally had our own police force until 1931. And during the Great Depression, uh, the province was almost bankrupt and then made a deal. You know, always have to be careful about the deal you make with the devil. <laughs> we made a deal that yeah. we would that there would be cost sharing for our, our RCMP police force, right? So mm -hmm. so we've oftentimes made deals with the federal government where we gave away our sovereignty and then we later pay a really heavy price for it. And we have to just take back our sovereignty, our independence that was intended in Confederation step by step. And like I said, uh, I, I believe we would get most of uh, what we're looking for if we would just have what was originally intended in the in Confederation. Yes. So, yeah, it's absolutely right. Yeah. And that's where the, the discussion between sovereignty and independence comes in. So what we are seeking is is actually sovereignty. In order to be prosperous and flourish as a province, we need our sovereignty, which means it's our choice. We charter own path forward. Independence may very well be the tool that we have to utilize in order to be sovereign. That, that's how those things work. It's like, you know, living in, in your parents' house. You live in your parents' house and you can be, they can give you, uh, you, you can live your own life. But if you want to make your own choices and chart your own course and have your own rules, sometimes you have to leave your parents' house. Mm -hmm. You have to claim the sovereignty that you already own. That's yeah. So um, and it's it's uh it's it's hugely important on every front, even even on healthcare. That is uh, supposed to be a provincial issue, right? And yet, because we make a deal with the federal government, where they're collecting taxes and they're giving back a percentage of federal money back to us, they then make the rules. Mm -hmm. And we're withholding it. And, and we, we all we need to do on that front, it's probably the most important thing we need to do is collect our own taxes, just like yeah. Quebec does. I mean, yeah. Quebec, Quebec has done everything that uh, all of these things that we're talking about. They have their own police force. They collect their own taxes. They have their own pension fund. All what? the rest of it. It can't be. That can't be, Roy. <laughs> because the, the media and some folks on the left are saying, if we have a referendum, the world will light on fire by 2016. All of the businesses will flee from Alberta, everybody will get leprosy. How yeah. could it be that Quebec didn't have those things happen and they claimed their sovereignty? Yeah, exactly. No, they set a great example for the rest of us to follow. And then not just not just Alberta, but every province in Canada should claim back its sovereignty and put Ottawa in its place. That yes. they have a role, but they're not to be a, a dictatorship, a totalitarian regime uh, yeah. controlling every aspect of our life. And so we, you know, like I said, if there is hope for Canada, it's it's by Alberta's example to inspire other provinces to do the same. 
And the one thing I would yep. say is Quebec already has given us a bit of a path here. Uh, but uh, the most important thing is if we collected our own taxes, we'd be in the driver's seat. We'd be up telling the federal government, uh, you know, this this is the amount that we feel is the right amount to share with the rest of the country. The whole idea of, of equalization payments. Again, people don't understand how subjective that is. A yeah. whole sector, the biggest <clears throat> sector of the Quebec economy is exempted from the calculation. That'd be like <clears throat> if we exempted our oil industry and said, well, yes, we're going to equalize everything, but we're not going to count the oil industry. Like, that'd be crazy, right? But that's but somehow Quebec managed to exempt their whole hydro industry. And I was just going to industry. I was just going to calculation. Yeah. So, yeah. so and I think they sell most of it for profit to the United States. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. But again, it's, I, I rather look at Quebec negatively. I said they they're they're showing us how to get things done. And we just need to have the courage to do the same thing, knowing it's the right thing to do. It's yeah. not a negative response. It's the right thing to do. It's standing up for freedom, life and, and, and freedom. Are, are, I mean, those are core values that we should all be. Uh, and and, and the, the, the ability to pursue happiness, the pursuit of happiness. I don't know if you watch the movie, but the pursuit of happiness is not giddiness and, and laughing and smiling. Pursuit of, pursuit of happiness means to be able to pursue your purpose in life and to flourish, to flourish in your purpose. And so mm -hmm. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's the USA, um, you know, kind of constitution, the foundation of, but those are things that are common to every human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. The value of the sanctity of life, my life matters, my freedom to do what I feel in terms of my conscience to do, and to be able to pursue my purpose in life. And that's really what the Alberta Prosperity project is all about that's really what the hard cry of alberta is strong and free is our logo right is our motto it's it's who we are and we need to stand proudly for those things yeah and that's yeah. precisely how we save canada carrie yeah. do you remember in ottawa um talking with the crazy quebecers the awesome crazy quebecers that never they stopped were, partying never they stopped were dancing. Dancing. yep yep having conversations with them uh we found out that a lot of them if not everyone we met at one point in their life was a Quebec separatist mm -hmm. and they wanted out and, and now they're not. And we would share our opinions about Alberta and how we need that referendum. And they're like, yeah, you guys, you need to stand up for yourselves. I hope you can do it They're They were proud of us for standing up for ourselves, but at the same time, they had changed their mind from being separatist to being okay within confederation. Why yeah. is that? It's because they stood up, they claimed the sovereignty they already have, yeah. they fixed their position within Confederation, and, and all that was alleviated. Now, if Alberta did the same thing, and some of the other provinces, this would literally save Canada, just like, um, you know, one person standing up and saying, enough is enough, we're not going there, and motivating the other people to, to do it with them. It's not, this is... It was never about splitting anything up. It's always been about standing up for ourselves and and being leaders, like Roy's uh, talking about. Yeah. Or the other provinces to do the same because Alberta is not the only province in this in this uh, sinking ship. You know, we we all are. So yeah. I think it's our duty to set the example. Yeah, so. and and the way that the uh, the Quebecers were, you know, they they were they were flying their fleur-de-lis, but they were also very proud of flying their Canadian flag during the convoy too. 
And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what we, we need to get back to that where everyone's proud of being in Canada. And, uh, and hopefully that, that takes that step to do that. And, and every province can step up and say, well, I want to have that, like something like an APP uh, uh, in my province, have a, an SPP or an MPB or, you know, whatever it takes in order for the, the provinces to, to, to take that and, and run with it because, and if, you know, everybody's looking at Alberta right now and uh, they're, they're almost holding their breath to see exactly what happens with us. And I hate to say it, but it's going to take a little bit of time before that shows up. Um, I'm on the APP ops committee and we're, we're talking about doing events and we're talking about doing marketing because I think the important thing is that people have to realize that, the Alberta Prosperity Project is something that everyone in Alberta can get behind. It doesn't matter whether or not you're uh, an NDP supporter or a, a liberal or a, a UCP supporter. The idea of independence works for everybody. And the idea of uh, standing up for ourselves and maybe, like we were saying, doing our own tax collection or doing um, uh, our own police force will only make us stronger in the end. We're not going to be giving tons and tons of money to, out uh, out to Ottawa and then not knowing what they're going to be doing with it. So, um, yeah. So um, Benita, our friend Benita, has actually posted many, many times, but I'm just going to grab a couple of these because they, they do make sense. Um, <clears throat> here she's talking about there are a lot of community events happening this summer. Uh, do you think it would be a good idea if supporters of PBOF and APP put together parade floats and trade show booths for these events to help promote the initiatives of both? And yeah, I think that that's a great idea. Again, it's the marketing and getting the APP name out there. We should be out there as much as uh, maybe we should make hockey jerseys or something like that and uh, start walking around with them because everyone likes wearing a hockey jersey, whether you're a Flames or an Oilers fan. I, I could be an APP fan, I think. Yeah, yeah, with your Alberta shirt. So here's my answer to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Benita, I absolutely think that's a great idea. Now, in order for this to happen, as you know, everything costs money. So yeah. if you are of the same of, of like mind with us and you think that we should be collaborating and doing these things, um, join, become a member of the APP, make a donation, a volunteer time, do whatever you can do and do the same thing with Take Back Our Freedoms. Um, nothing is free. Putting on an event or using, getting in a trade show or, you know, having a booth at, for instance, the Big Valley Jamboree, which we were at last year. Yeah. I think that was like in the thousands of dollars. I can't remember exactly what it was, but this stuff is not cheap, but yeah. it becomes attainable when you have a big group of people working together towards a common goal. I yeah. mean, that convoy raised $10 million twice, plus a crypto fundraiser. Yeah. And so it goes to show if people believe in something and they're, you know, they, they are like-minded yeah. enough that we can accomplish this stuff. So yeah, let's do it. Let, but you got to get involved and help us out. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to do it. Yeah. And, just, uh, just so you guys know, I, I happen to know Benita and uh, there's yeah. a, a person that can organize people to get stuff done. Yeah. That's she's definitely <laughs> one of those people. So, um, and, and, and it's time uh, it's funding of course, but the larger we build the army of volunteers, the more things become possible. So, um, yeah. I think uh, there was a there's bit there was a lot of exhaustion coming out of the election uh, from um, for many of us um, because that was very very intense process right we went from a leadership race to then uh, an AGM to then a whole bunch of nominations within the UCP party to an election and uh, I I just know a lot of people 
took a bit of a summer break. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a well-deserved break, uh, be with family, uh, be refreshed, uh, and uh, but we're going to get things going in a big way now because we do have another AGM coming up for Alberta for the UCP party yeah. and, exactly. uh, and lots more after that. So much more that we need to get done. Yeah. And that was one another thing she was saying is that, uh, for example, a TBOF a presence at the AGM uh, of the current governing body, which, of course, is UCP. And uh, and I believe the APP is going. I know I have a ticket. I know Chris has a ticket. Oh, um, I'm going. It's at the casino. I'm there. Well, of course. Of course. Then you're going. <laughs> um, and we do want to look at some of the uh, the what would you call them? The initiatives that they're talking about. Uh, and I want to see the policies. policies. I want to vote on the policy. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a copy of uh, these are about the, the top policies that are going to the convention, including uh, accelerate the process of replacing the RCMP, uh, citizen initiative legislation, uh, a whole bunch of really good items that need to be done. So uh, uh, I'll send you a copy of that, Chris. And we need yeah. to spread awesome. the word to all the different groups because I want people to be excited about changing um the rules of governance within a political party. Um, yeah. I, I think Chris knows, you know this, that, that, that the United Conservative Party is actually a very young party. It's only five years old. It was a merger of the old PC and the old Wild Rose. And, um, and the old Wild Rose people who are more grassroots populist type people won the day in terms of policy and governance. But what happened is that Jason Kenney ignored all the rules <laughs> And rule the top down, right? So if we can get the, the UCP to operate the way it's supposed to operate, and I think there's a good opportunity to make that happen, um, it's going to be, it already is the best major political party in Canada. And I define major as one that's in government or on the threshold of being in government. Uh, the UCP is, is really good compared to the others, but it's a long ways from where it needs to be. So mm -hmm. we have some work to do. And a lot of us are going to the UCP AGM convention uh, at uh, in November. I think it's third and fourth. Uh, yeah. That's going to be part two of taking over or taking back um, the party in terms of what it is supposed to be. It, it is supposed to be a grassroots, yeah. uh, people-oriented party. Yeah, uh, so and I, we did we did show that we were able to make change by ousting Kenny. So yeah, let's let's get some uh, some butts at this uh, AGM. I can, I can hear people. Can you hear it? Can you hear people yelling at the screen? <laughs> I can hear it. And I understand. Yeah. Uh, there right now are some people watching this webinar who are very angry, yeah. very angry yeah. that we're talking about the UCP. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that well. I was probably one of the angriest people at the UCP out of all of us. Yeah. I mean, they were messing with my business. They were they were causing all sorts of problems for the province. They weren't they weren't listening to us. Yeah. It was terrible, and I absolutely despised them. Yeah. But that party, a political party, is nothing more than the sum of its members. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a group of like-minded people working together towards a common goal. Yeah. And it is possible that at times organizations can have uh, people like Jason Kenney steering them down the wrong path for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Carrie and I have discussed that in mm -hmm. a previous episode, why that happened. I would encourage you to go check it out. I'm not going to talk about it right now. But I had a point where I decided that, hey, um, there, we can't salvage this. We're supposed to be grassroots. We can't make any changes. Kenny's just running the show. And I gave up on it. 
and so did a lot of people. But something yeah. interesting happened. A group got together, they brought a whole bunch of people, and they started changing things. Now, I know I can hear the people yelling at the screen already. <laughs> Just because the party and the leader and some of the MLAs did a terrible job throughout the last three years does not mean that every person in that organization is evil. I've met lots of them and they're wonderful people just as mad as at what happened as you and I are. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I've yet to run into one MLA that hasn't said to me, Hey, it's nice to meet you, Chris. You know, we really, we were really rooting for you, but we just, we just couldn't do anything. We couldn't say anything. And then I make fun of them because that's mm -hmm. what I do. So I get it. I get the anger there, but, when it comes to things like the AGM, let me ask you a question. What serves the province better? Attending this AGM and participating in developing and voting on policy and things of the such, electing a board, or shouting at your computer screen about things that happened three years ago and ignoring all of the changes, and there haven't been enough, I'll give you that, but ignoring all of the changes that have been accomplished over the last year and a half. Yeah. There's been some considerable advancements. And I, for one, I'm going to participate anywhere I can. If it's going to an AGM and helping to put pressure on uh, politicians for a certain policy or helping to get board members elected that are of like mind, I will do that. Because the UCP is the government right now. And at least for the next almost four years, they're going to be the government and they're going to make the policies that impact our lives. Mm -hmm. So it would be irresponsible and downright dumb of me to not do everything I can to steer them in the right direction, yeah. regardless of the failures of the past. Yeah. So a person can be yeah. a member of the UCP and APP. That is, in fact, true. You can so be... The Prosperity Project, sorry, Carrie, I got to get this little burb out, is a nonpartisan, nonprofit educational society. When it comes to political parties, um, as an organization, we don't have a preference either way. What we're concerned about is the policies and the platform within those parties. So yeah. if the UCP is doing things that we like, that, that uh, synergize with where we want to go, we would support that. If they're not doing it, we would not support it. If the NDP was uh, going to get a referendum on independence, we would support that. Yeah. doesn't mean we support the UCP or the NDP. But uh, members can be, you can be a member of whatever you want. The only party you can't is the NDP because they say if you're a member of the NDP, you can't be a member of any other political party. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, I own memberships in, in lots of stuff, probably because I really like getting email. <laughs> oh, man. I, get I, email I like signed up for everything. Oh, I know. For the whistle stop. Yeah. Uh, the, the Antifa left groups, they went ballistic yeah. and signed yeah. me up for every email on the planet. Yeah. It was yeah. uh, hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. This uh, an interesting point about Canada is that we, in terms of percentage of people who are a member of a political party, we, as of last year, it's changed now here in Alberta, but as of last year, we were the lowest in the world besides China. Yeah, yeah that's because we're too free. So, well, what it is actually is we pride ourselves with with hating politics, right? Uh, that's an easy thing to do. I hate politicians. I hate political parties. Not going to get involved. But really, the fact is, as you said, it's it's the sum of the parts. It's all of us who believe in these things of freedom, 
of Alberta independence or sovereignty, standing up for Alberta, a prosperous province, uh, we can easily be the majority at the UCP. And, 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 and the thing is, it doesn't stop there. We need to do that at city council levels, school boards. We have to stop being, uh, as the Bible talks about, the salt, you know, the salt has to be spread out to have impact. If it's just in a container, it has no impact. So we have to be the salt of the earth. We have to be the influence that touches every part of society. And if you don't want the UCP and you're a member of another political party, that's great. As long as you're not a couch potato criticizing everybody that's doing something. I believe we the have stat to, uh, is, take back our freedoms. I would say, yeah, yeah. I, I, believe, I believe the stat is is that thirty percent, or roughly one third, of uh, people that live in the U.S. are part of a political party, and I believe that number in Canada is two percent. It's yeah, it's you can three percent as of last year. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Unreal. That's actually Very pathetic. Fair. It's that it's, goes to show how much respect. Yeah. Um, we have here in Canada for our democracy, for our democratic yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. Somebody we're probably bit... one of the most miserable countries when it comes to our confidence and our governments yeah. and the yeah. least involved. Interesting. I think there might be a link there. Yeah. Some uh, somebody was asking about the price of the AGM and early bird tickets one ninety nine, uh, youth memberships ninety nine, and I'm not quite sure what a, an observer. That's non members. The non members. Okay. Well then. You got to be a member. Membership is only like twenty bucks a year. Ten dollars. Yeah, but so somebody did ask this question too, and I remember this from last year: Is TBA funding UCP memberships to attend the AGM again this time around? Do you remember that, Chris, when that happened? Yeah, I do remember that, and I, yeah. I actually couldn't tell you. I think I if we reach out to your local constituency association, yeah, yeah. and find uh, out, they would probably have some more information. Yeah, um, or talk to the TBA folks. I, I don't. I can't really comment on that at all. Now yeah. I got to point something else out. If uh, if the NDP had won this election, and there was an AGM in which we could attend and participate and vote on policy, yeah. I would be telling people that they should get involved. Yeah. Right. This isn't just about the UCP. This is about the Alberta provincial government yeah. that we have right now. Our current government. I'm I'm telling people that we need to be involved with the current government, the government of the day, in order to steer policy. That's how democracy works. Yeah. It's not about just tech ticking off the box. It's about getting getting involved in these uh, AGMs and, and other, uh, other ways to influence policy. So this isn't a commercial for the UCP. This is a commercial for be involved in democracy and use your yeah. voice. Yeah. And if you think that another political party is going to be more effective at steering the course of the province over the next four years. Fill your boots and do everything you can to support them and, and, and do that. But for me, I believe that participating in the current government and uh, it, that's the best way to affect policy. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the AGM and then if you need to get involved in another party as well. Like I said, uh, and you you could probably go to a a meeting like every every night of the week, depending on uh, oh, what you're easily. involved. Yeah, actually, maybe not so I much. I just figured out a way to to uh, get people meals. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, yes. There's cool. There's cool stuff going to happen too. That we're going to have. We expect to have at least 500 people that are going to put up billets. So if people are driving from outside Calgary area. 
coming here or you can't afford it, your local CA might be able to sponsor you. Um, yeah. And uh, or there's going to be also a billeting taking place. And this is the grassroots of the party, not not the political brass. You know, the, we're talking about ordinary, regular folks who care about what's happening in this country, wanting to turn things around. And we are, whether it's by one name or another, it doesn't matter. I think I would easily say the UCP right now, the majority of those people are, are, are people who think like us in terms of our freedoms. And so that, that should be encouraging. At the same time, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and always, always has to be. A political parties like a family with 12 kids. You know, you clean up the house tomorrow. Uh, be, before the end of the day, you'll have to clean out the house again, right? Exactly. You have to clean it up constantly because you've got a bunch of brats in politics, people who are there for all the wrong reasons. You'll yeah. always have to clean that out. But on the other hand, uh, it's, it's good people that are going to make the difference. So I want to encourage people to, oh, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. You can make a difference, get involved, and there's yeah. lots of great people that are getting involved. And just yeah. one other thing, too, is like, um, you know, the again, it's a slow process because there were, I think, eight nominations for replacing people who were MLAs. They quit because maybe they didn't like Daniel Smith. Uh, they were Jason Kenney people or whatever, they quit. And so I was involved uh, with a group that helped in eight nominations. Of those six, we won with a freedom candidate. So so yeah. we're, there's there's power in the, in the masses of people working yeah. together. The other side wasn't happy, but, you know, again, it just, it, it, we were able to mobilize the numbers, six out of eight freedom nominees. So our MLA uh, the, the group of MLAs that are getting on the right side of history, so to speak, is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, Roy, what I got to switch gears here for a second. What is TBOF? What's the plan with TBOF going forward? What's your goals? What are what are some of the things you want to accomplish? Um, uh, just yeah, again, it's uh, we've we've taken a bit of a retooling break. So retooling as to, as to define that. Um, and but we're about to relaunch and it's very similar. It's staying on track, but, you know, it's not just the mandates. That part is behind us. But we know that's just a battle in the war. And it's it's the the, the front line of the the issues that are current in our fight for freedom includes the extreme agenda, the transgender ideology being pushed in our schools. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that's very blatant, very overt. And the vast majority of the population disagrees with what's happening, but they're scared. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. So yeah. we're building a network here in Calgary. Uh, ironically, the Muslim community has come out in a very yes, big they, way. They and we're going we're gonna to shame the Christians into standing up <laughs> in similar fashion for our kids, for parental rights, you know. So, Wait a minute. Are you saying that Isaac and Ishmael's descendants can work together for a common goal. I mean, they are—they have differing theological views. Yes, I know. Is it possible? It's—it's it's always been the way of religion to find ways to not work together. But sometimes, when you have a common problem, you're forced to say, "Okay, let's 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 work together here on this one." And I—I—I'm actually a pretty good coalition builder. I've always done that in my political background. Years ago, I, I it was it was radical to actually 
managed to get Catholics and evangelicals to work together on causes, you know, and, and we, the only success we had back in those days was building coalitions, right? So, so the coalition of the Muslim community, coalition of the East Indian community, uh, the Filipino community, the, and not just the typical evangelical people, but that coalition together can start speaking common sense values. So that's one of the issues we want to tackle. Uh, of course, climate change is another, another, and all of these things are being used to take away, uh, dis to disrupt our nationhood, to disrupt yeah. our families, to disrupt our communities. Right. All of it is the ultimate goal is to take away basic rights and freedoms. And mm -hmm. so uh, what we want to do is just be specialists at helping people know how to understand the nature of the battle and mm -hmm. then knowing how to respond to it. So you can make some dumb mistakes. For example, you can say, well, I'm going to quote scripture. I'm sure people are going to listen to me then. Uh, you know, your, your belief, your personal belief might be built on scripture, but you need to speak the common language of all the people to have yeah. an impact. That's just an example of helping people to know how to respond to the transgender issue. So we have, for example, Tori uh, Tanner from Lethbridge. Uh, she ran as an MLA and had to step down because she spoke out about the um, the this transgender uh, material being uh, being taught to our kids in elementary schools. And mm -hmm. she's a very common sense people uh, person. Um, she's got friends who are gay, and 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 she says they all agree with me. I didn't say anything that most people don't agree with, but it was a political hot potato, right? Yeah. But we want people to understand these things are real. They're yeah. putting this crazy pornographic material in the libraries of elementary schools and poisoning the minds of our kids. And yeah. this is something that needs to stop. It's controversial, I know, um, but it's necessary for us to tackle these controversial issues with common sense. And that's really T TBOF is all about educating people on how to respond and then motivating people to do the response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That brings up a really good question. So actually, first of all, you were, uh, well, I guess you're once a pastor, always a pastor, but you're, you were a, a practicing pastor earlier on in your life, were you not? Yes, I've had several careers. <laughs> my, my first career, I was, a, I was a pastor for 14 years. And then I was uh, involved with a, a, a battle for Christian broadcast freedom in Canada. And it got so involved that I had to step out of pastoring and then was involved for quite a long time uh, with a social conservative movement called Canada Family Action Coalition. I was the founder. And uh, yeah, our first big battle was getting the Catholics and the evangelicals to work together to fight for Christian broadcast freedom in Canada. Hmm. So, the reason I ask that is because uh, I hear something that troubles me quite a bit. And I'll, I'll ask this question. So from a theological point of view, when it comes to working with other groups of people, like we were talking about Christians and Muslims. Now, there would be some Christians who say, well, we can't work with them because uh, they worship a different God, whatever. What what is the how, how does the Bible direct us in dealing with people who have differing opinions and or religions? Uh, what is it? What is that? What does the Bible tell us to do and, and act towards those people? Well, obviously, uh, we should be acting in love and not in judgment. That's pretty important. Uh, you know, and 
and it's very important for us to understand what tolerance is. Tolerance is not we have to agree, and on that basis we we can work together. Tolerance is, for example, I have a Jewish friend. Uh, him and I disagree profoundly on who Jesus is. Profound disagreement. Mm. But we're very good friends and have huge respect for each other and would defend <coughs> each other's right to our faith, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the Christian position. Judeo, the, the idea of, of freedom to be a Christian or to not be a, a Christian was birthed basically in the U.S. out of, you know, the need. All these people gathered from Europe. Some were Catholic, some were Christian Reformed, some were Baptist, some were Anglican. In Europe, they were fighting wars and killing each other. Now they're coming here to North America. And they said, you know, we don't want to do that. How are we going to build a, a, a nation? Uh, and it basically comes up to look for the common denominator. We are created by God. That's a common denominator. Don't get into the theology of exactly who God is, the Christian God, Muslim God, Jewish or whatever, God, okay, who made us in his image. That's that's intrinsic value of the human life. Well, okay, we agree on that too, yes. And then inherent rights, right? So what are inherent rights? God-given rights. No one can take away God-given rights. They're not given by a queen or a king, given by God. So those are the basic fundamentals that a group of Christians of various denominational backgrounds came up with to avoid having wars in North America the way they had in Europe, right? It's, it's freedom to believe, freedom to not believe. The understanding of being tolerant means that I, you can disagree with me on who Jesus is, and I will defend with my life your right to believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. That's a true Christian understanding of what freedom is. Mm -hmm. That's a really that's a really good explanation. So now taking this uh, that same kind of conversation into a secular perspective, um, another thing that troubles me is there's some people in this province who are willing to throw everybody in one political party out because they believe that uh, people or a person or people may have at one point advocated for things that the WEF talked about. Now, right. in particular, um, we've all become very aware that it was a conservative government that signed the Paris Climate Accord and actually put this ball this ball in motion. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not they knew what they were doing at the time, that's not the point. The point is that that's what happened. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this province. I shouldn't say a lot. There's a group of people in this province who want to burn down every group and every movement because mistakes were made in the past. And I would say some of the mistakes are pretty severe. Like, you know, I, I I support our premier and what she wants to do in her vision for the province. But there's some things that she said that are totally contrary to my beliefs and my perspective. So with that in mind, how do we work with people who have potentially made mistakes in the past and been offside with the freedom movement, but now who understand the error of their ways and want to want to move forward or should we just burn it all down yeah i, I was actually thinking on this exact same question this morning because i was thinking about specifically i'll say stephen harper that some people when you say those the stephen harper they're so angry at him but in the last last little bit i've seen him say some things and do things that were just shocking like he supports the um, president of hungary uh, and has spoken up publicly um, 
who is against the World Economic Forum <laughs> and against, you know, the Ukrainian war continuation. So, so then I start thinking, you know, I don't know for sure, but maybe it's possible that even a person like Stephen Harper um, has come to realize the World Economic Forum is not at all what maybe initially it was sold to him as mm -hmm. being, right? Okay. You might say, you, and maybe take another example, Jordan Peterson. Talk about an ally, right? Jordan Peterson was first and second vaccine person, took the vax, told people this is the right thing to do, everything else. And somewhere along the line, he realized he was duped and he was angry. And and look about what an ally he is to the freedom movement. So we have to be open to the fact that whoever they are, um, maybe they were involved in some way, respect in the past with the World Economic Forum. I know even Maxime Bernier, they talk about him being involved with it. But that doesn't mean that he's in agreement with what we have come to realize in the last three years the mm -hmm. World Economic Forum is truly all about. Um, I remember watching Davos, programming about Davos and all these people gathering, and I would watch it, and I was not aware of the of the crap that was going on. And that was only like five or six years ago I was watching this stuff. Yeah. Now it's so plain and obvious. So we have to be careful not to judge people. Uh, there's a lot that has come to light in the last few years. And as people's eyes are open, and there's a, I, I, I'll use the, a Bible story. The Apostle Paul was Saul the persecutor. So he was a person that was literally um, killing Christians. And, and then on the road to Damascus, he had his conversion. And, uh, and, but uh, because of how horrible a human being he was, even though he had a radical and true conversion experience, a lot of the Christians didn't want anything to do with him, right? So we want to make, make sure we realize that people's eyes can be open to the truth. And when they are, we should celebrate it because they can become, I mean, imagine uh, what a huge personality in Christian history the, Paul the Apostle has been writing mm -hmm. over half of the New Testament. But there was a lot of Christians for good reasons initially who didn't trust him, right? And so we'll see the same thing happening. Uh, people who are indicating that they're changing and you're maybe skeptical. There's healthy skepticism. You should have healthy skepticism. But don't dismiss them. We need to be open to the fact eyes are being open. I'm going to, I really like that perspective, Roy. It's always nice to talk to someone that's got a, a deeper understanding of, of theological things. Um, now, I'm going to be very controversial because that's just what I do. And I'm going to probably piss some people off here. This is our fault. It's not Stephen Harper's fault. Uh, the, the politicians that did these things, it's not their fault. You know, we've been talking, one of the common themes through all our all of our programming is getting involved, using your voice, standing up. That's right. We didn't do those things. And the people that did asked for the things that are happening today and have happened over the last 20 years. The people that were voting in Canada during Stephen Harper's tenure as prime minister twice voted for him. And he campaigned on some of these things because Canadians were asking for these things. They were telling the government that climate is our top priority. These things are our top priority. And so the people that wanted to get elected, they were they were campaigning on that, right? Yeah. This isn't about, if we, this is a serious case of 
if you're pissed off at Stephen Harper or Jordan Peterson or Daniel Smith or anybody else that you think is on the other side, you need to take a really good look in the mirror and, and ask yourself if you were a person that stood up and used your voice and were politically active and, and those types of things when these, when these things were happening. Because mm -hmm. if you weren't or you didn't do those things or you didn't use your voice or participate in democracy, how can you condemn or persecute all of these politicians who put us on this path? It yeah. was Canadians that did it. It wasn't the politicians. The politicians only did what they thought was going to get them elected. And they were right yeah. because they got elected. Yeah. Well, there you go. And a lot of people were not engaged. So the voices maybe of common sense, of family values, uh, the, you know, we, 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 we ordinary people tend to get very busy and leave it up to the professionals to make the right decisions. And so you're exactly right. We have to take responsibility for the state that we find ourselves in. And only then will we start making maybe the better choices to, to turn things around. And it, now the other thing to realize, if you once you get involved, you very quickly realize nothing is as easy as it seems. Right. So. So a lot of our people who are total freedom people against the mandates, against the vaccine, went door knocking in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And they realized, wow, there's a lot of work to do. A lot of people that used to work, vote conservative, hate Daniel Smith, and they think we're all crazy. And, yeah. and you know, it's good for us to realize this is not easy. There's been three years of, of, of people being deceived and now we've got to turn the tide. It's going to take a process. And we have to we have to have a long term view about how we're going to turn things around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There's a statement. Half the people don't vote. So really, how do we get them on board if they just say, well, you know what? I think this process doesn't work. Uh, I'm just going to keep my head head in the sand and uh, hope it doesn't affect me. Well, this could be this is a curse and a blessing. Yeah. If half the people don't vote, well, you only need to bring half the people to change policy. That right? is true. So yeah. a, a, a man once, a very wise man uh, once told me, a wise man, but not, not liked by everybody, his name was David Parker. He once told me, if you bring enough people in politics, you win. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is nothing more than math. If you bring a thousand people, they bring 999, you win. Yeah. If only half the people vote, we only need to bring half the people. So we got to ease your job. Yeah. Yeah. For example, in, in a nomination process, there's only about uh, 2,000, maybe 3,000 people in a riding who are members who can vote. Of them, half vote. So yeah. which, if you do the math, that's, you know, 1,500 votes. So if you can bring 750 people to the table, yeah. you win. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. the apathy of some, it, it, you'll never overcome it. Uh, you just have to make sure that the right people are awake and engaged. And, uh, yep. and the, we have to and, be that. And the group. numbers, sorry, right? The numbers get smaller as you go down in levels. Look yep. at the Calgary mayoral race. Like the One numbers third. and turnout were pathetic. That it was. And yeah. Calgary elected a climate <laughs> fanatic environmental terrorist. Right from day yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right from day one. Yeah, 30% voted, and, uh, and and for school for school boards, I mean, think about what is more important than who's running our schools. And it's yeah. like 20% or less of the population votes for that, right? So 
of eligible voters, I should say. So, but yeah. they sure get upset when they see uh, material in the classroom that they don't like, but have never voted for a school board or sat on a council or anything like that. But and I think that's, I, that's it, our job. It's definitely apathy. You know, the, the people just they figure that someone else is going to do the work, and I think this has woken us up and said, you know what? No one else is going to do the work unless I step up and actually do it. Right. Speaking of yeah. not doing the work, I, I want to give a little shout out here to uh, Jessica and Francisco and McKenna, who um, just, I just saw the alarm was armed at the Whistle Stop Cafe. I was actually working tonight and supposed to be closing the kitchen and cleaning up, yeah. Yeah. but uh, I bailed to be at the webinar for nine. That's why we started late, folks. So um, my apologies, but I was, I was working at the restaurant. So they just cleaned up the whole kitchen, stocked the line, did all those things, and then closed the uh, place up for me. So I just want to say thank you to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you can. Like you know, I think we've said sixteen times in this webinar: get involved and get involved, however it takes to get involved with whatever. Yeah, and I always think about a trucker driving his big truck from Prince George to Ottawa and hanging there for a month. And then, and then having his truck seized by the, yeah, you know, the police and all the rest right. of it, You're you right. know, there's some people that sacrificed extraordinarily, and and that still is nothing compared to those who fought in wars and gave their life for our freedoms. Yeah. So we have to find our inspiration, and 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 then find our place, and do what we can, and um, whether it's TBOF, APP. Um, TBA, UCP, I mean, there's so many opportunities. Or all of them. I'm, I'm a yeah. member of all of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> I, I do it all. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. 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 Like I said, okay, just in my email. <laughs> um, I, I think did, I think we got our uh, the, the point across that we wanted to make here and that there yeah. are synergies between these groups. We all have our individual identities and our uh, individual visions, but we really do all want the same thing. It's like we're we're spokes on a wheel and our goal, we, we just want the wheel to turn. And as yeah. long as we each do our job and, and uh, support that wheel, we can, the wheel will keep turning. So um, that, thank you, Roy, for your insights on this. And thank you for, I know you're, you're approaching 102 now and you should have better things to do besides <laughs> doing all these. Why are we all so old? I really... <laughs> quit politics when I was about 45, 50, 48, something like that, and said the young guys can take over, but then COVID happened. So I said, well, I guess they're going to have to, the veterans are going to have to jump back in as well. So yeah. it's actually a lot of fun. Great working with people like you guys. Well, we appreciate the work you've been doing, and and I, I've realized how much time it takes out of your life to do these sorts of things. So it's no, it's no small uh, feat. Uh, Carrie, do you have Anything else that you wanted to go over? I, we're, I think we're like an hour. We're yeah, an hour and twenty five minutes through. So you know what? That's kind of all we really wanted to was to talk about is the different groups and how to get involved. And uh, uh, I really think that the the idea behind APP is definitely what we need to do, um, no matter what. The it, getting people involved and um, and looking at uh, some way to convince everybody out in Alberta that sovereignty or at least a referendum on independence is, is the goal. We have to be able to do kind of what Quebec does or has done 
And as much as we don't like to bring up that whole scenario with Quebec, because it was a completely different uh, circumstance, but with us, we're in a situation where, you know, we're tired of, dare I say, getting raped from the, uh, uh, the federal government. And, uh, and it's time to say back off, uh, give us, give us back our sovereignty and our jurisdiction on, on everything. And, yeah. um, and, and I, you know, I follow a lot of, uh, uh, Facebook pages and social media, both from all say far right and far left, because it is interesting the uh, the views that they have, and uh, and you know what you you really do have to be able to look at it from both sides. So, I'll, you know, if there's one thing that I'm going to leave tonight with is uh, I encourage people to actually maybe even sign up for some of those on the other side, if not just to laugh at some of the comments that they make, but to realize what what the mindset is of why they're saying the things that they do. Uh, I've got so many examples that I could go through and uh, every day that I see something and it, and it spells out that, you know, we're, we're idiots because we're, we're looking down this particular tunnel. And, uh, but I think it is important that, that we at least look at it from, from another perspective because who knows? Maybe maybe there are some uh, bright lights that we could uh, take notice in there, and 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 basically, you know, kind of use it in our own way of, of talking to people, and maybe convincing them to get on our side because maybe there are some ideas that they have that uh, are ill-founded, and and we can say, well, actually, no, that's not the way it is. Because you know what? There's so many people out there that have, I can tell you, number one, that have not heard of the World Economic Forum. Uh, that is a big wow. How have you not heard of that? Uh, that they, yeah, that they had, do not realize that uh, Justin Trudeau is doing the stuff that he's doing because he's uh, Klaus Schwab's puppet. Um, they think that he's the best prime minister we've ever had. And, uh, you know, uh, it it kind of makes me throw up in my, in my, in my mouth every time I hear that. But um, it's interesting to see why they say that and then usually in the comments of, of of a social media post like that there will be rebuttals or there will be people that say this is the reason why i think that and again i think it's important to uh to take a look at it from both sides and meet in the middle i tend to think myself more middle anyways and um but i do believe that uh referendum on independence is the, really the the next step that we should all be working towards absolutely yeah so Great. Thanks, guys, for having me tonight. I really Thank appreciate you, it. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Awesome. Um, yeah, and yeah, we're at an hour and a half, so uh, definitely want to say thanks to both Roy and Chris for, for joining us, and uh, of course for everybody watching to stay online and uh, watching and uh, listening and commenting and asking questions, because that's the whole point of why we do these webinars live, if at all possible. Uh, we've had uh, a couple of uh, comments uh, during our ops meetings of, you know, we can't get people on on a Wednesday and which is fine. Maybe we'll try and do it another day if it works out. If it's a guest that is really important that uh, for the whole APP message, I think that's what we'll try and do, but we'll give you lots of notice. But for now we're sticking with the Wednesday at seven. So, or at least trying to. Um, well, and believe it or not, uh, Carrie and I, we've got, <laughs> Fairly busy lives. Like Adam yeah. Carey is actually, really? he's the Red Deer Mirror Calgary yo-yo. <laughs> he drives back and forth between those places so often. Yeah. 
I think people know how how many miles I've put on my my van. It's at now least five hundred, and another totally, five hundred. I hear totally falling apart, and I'm pretty sure I'm a good three thousand k over a, an oil change. But you know what? We'll just let that go. <laughs> All right. Well, but yes. And so with that, I, I just like to say, yeah, we do this every Wednesday, if at all possible. And uh, seven o'clock, uh, be here, be square. Of course, Chris was square this time around, but uh, we will definitely be doing that. And and likewise, if it works out to do it on another day and uh, for some reason we can't do it as a webinar format and do it as a as a podcast, we'll be posting those as separate uh, separate posts, but I really do enjoy the asking the questions and, and the live format. So we're going to continue with that and hopefully everybody enjoys that as well. So, all right. So well, with that, night, everybody, thank you very much for hosting Carrie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And, uh, I'm going to go off and go sing some karaoke now. Have I'm a great rest of the evening guys. And a great, great rest of your week. Thanks. Thanks right. Right. Cheers. We'll see you soon.